Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us here on the Recruitment Roundup podcast, which is brought to you by BMS Performance. For those of you that are joining us for the first time, BMS Performance is a specialist sales and marketing recruitment consultancy. For the last 30 years, we've been helping businesses across the UK recruit for vacancies at every level. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Recruitment Roundup podcast. I am your host, Mike Leather. And I'm the co-host, Sam Musiadira. Today, we're joined by a guest, Matt Hodgson. Matt, delighted to have you with us today and welcome. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on, guys. First one with uh, with both of you. So, uh, yeah, excited to be here. Yeah, looking forward to it. It should be a good conversation. Um, yeah. Matt, before we get started, um, why don't you give a, a, a quick intro to what it is that you do at BMS? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Um, BMS, BMS Lifer uh, so far. I used to, to, to wait tables and then basically it's the only other job I've ever had after after that. So uh, yeah, I've been here for uh, 13 years or I'm in my 13th year, I should say. Um, and I run our um, London sales team right now. Um, and I'm actually in a kind of interesting phase at the moment where I'm, I'm moving into to, um pioneering a, a new division for the business um so you know senior sales leadership recruitment is something that the business has always done um but uh with a, a demand that we've seen um and a, and a kind of passion internally to deliver a, a high quality of service in that area i'm going to be um, actually kickstarting a new function of the business for focusing on executive search so national sales leadership recruitment um which should hopefully play into our chat today quite nicely yeah yeah excellent exciting times yeah definitely definitely yeah so we're going to talk today um about the traits of a a modern sales leader so i think i wanted to kick this off by and talk about why why is it even important for us to be having this conversation about this right now it's been a, a um a funny few years and i think if you look at what most sales leaders have been through over the last three years there's been some really unique changes to what they need to deal with um you know we had post-pandemic economic growth that drove demand in hiring a fight for talent drove a um a, a real challenge for attracting in some cases just anybody to come and come and work for for your business in sales um you saw salary demands accelerating at a, a rate that nobody living really has ever seen um and that having real impacts on organizations you had salespeople coming into a business and if they were joining in late 2020 2021 maybe even early 2022 they were benefiting from very very high demand so you had a group a cohort of salespeople that were joining and making big money straight away if they were vaguely competent yeah 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 Yeah. um and what that did is it created an expectation um that those who were a bit longer in the tooth knew wouldn't wouldn't last Mm. um and it also created a challenge for managers um to be able to say well how do we how do we, if we know that this is going to happen, how do we prime our teams? How do we prime our sales function to be able to operate in a way where this won't last forever? But but also, how do we not get too excited? 
um, and thinking that we can change the world off the back of people really wanting our service right now um because you know that that, that demand was never going to last it and it didn't you know mid 2022 early 2023 has been a hell of a lot harder uh for yeah. sales teams and uh, a lot of the 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 things that we're going to talk to 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 about today i think will end up in some ways not feeling revolutionary they will be they will be um us doubling down on what we think are the, are the key traits um that have always served a good sales leader but at the same time the, the challenges that people are facing off the back of those um turbulent times um are making some of these traits manifest themselves in different ways and and outsizing some of them in importance i think that's absolutely right though isn't it what you said there in terms of doubling down on what might have been perceived previously as the basics because we've gone from a boomtown market um yeah where i mean this in the nicest possible way order takers could absolutely thrive um but then you've come into it's true though isn't it um then you're coming into um this environment that we've been in for the last what 12 18 months yeah which felt more normalized so you know sorry to cut you off the funny i always think as well as um sam you might you might test to this as well but um you know it's it's your order takers could thrive yeah but then I, I like to think I worked pretty hard during that time myself as well. But I definitely didn't work as hard as I did over the last year. And I like to think, oh, God, if I had put in the effort that I did in the last year during those times, I could have could have retired by now. So yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a really good point, man. And I'm just thinking about obviously within my marketplace, some of the, you know, reps that have probably been recruited to do a lot of, you know, medical devices hospital kind of sales roles you know they've gone into that market a lot of them have you know been been working from home for the most part and they've actually haven't had access to their customers and you know been able to leverage those conversations and really develop so we're probably looking at you know sales teams in the past sort of two to three year period where they have they haven't had that full that would have probably existed you know five ten years you know ten years ago looking back right and that's had um you know a massive impact in terms of where we are in now because we're in a normal market this is what it's like really and it's it's had its challenges and a lot of you know the managers that i'm speaking to have you know really found it you know quite quite a difficult year to manage those expectations but also to you know to help these teams you know look to look to grow and develop so it's it's been a tough year all, all around i think yeah. one of the biggest challenges um that certainly faced sales leaders across a multitude of industries is a change in working patterns to um, hybrid working, remote working, remote working yeah. and the knock-on effect on that and being able to get people up to speed yeah. and get them ramping. Um, and that's been that's been really, really tough, especially in new business roles where new business has become just harder, isn't it? BD is just harder in every single industry sector. It is just harder for all the reasons we've spoken about. And I think that's been a real challenge for for sales leaders, you know, recruiting, onboarding effectively, getting people ramping. Um, it's been really, really tough because you know, the, the expectations of what the, you know, they might have had on someone coming in were probably not <clears throat> in line with what um, was actually achievable from, from the market, in the market that they were working in. They might have been based on what someone could come in and do on you know, 21, 22. And it did catch quite a lot of sales leaders by by surprise i think yeah i um i couldn't i couldn't agree agree more with that mike and that that point around the remote um 
the challenges of managing a remote 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 sales function i think will be something we'll come back to quite a lot something we we talk a lot about with sales leaders um and equally the people that are hiring sales leaders as well all the time um, because it is one of the big discrepancies that um persists off the back of the pandemic yeah, you know just yeah, looking at our data less than five percent of the jobs that we took briefs for in 2023 so far have offered fully remote working yeah. that's that's just the stuff yeah. that we're doing in our team yeah yeah, yeah. But yeah. 40 40 percent of candidates said that they either wanted or would be open to a fully remote role and 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 it's a huge discrepancy you know it's a huge discrepancy and and it's a real challenge for leaders and it is something that i'm constantly asked in what we do is matt what advice have you got for me because i want people back in and i want people back in persistently and and i like a bit of home working you know i like a day a week I yeah, like a, yeah. you know and sorry this is me using the voice of my sales leaders now but this is what people say to me they they like it occasionally they like having a home office being able to you know help the kids every now and again but their ability to coach their ability to guide and grow their teams um is hampered when those people are are, are operating remotely it's not impossible i think we proved that right yeah, like it's yeah, not impossible yeah. to develop people but your your average and average to good performers, not your superstars, those are the ones that you've got to invest your time in as a sales leader. Um, and those are the ones that it's really hard to, to, to manage remotely. So it's a new skill, isn't it, though, as well for sales leaders that have might have been in an environment where they're in the office with people every day or there are um if the field based sales leaders, um, they're spending the majority of the week shadowing the team in meetings, whatever it might be, then putting the processes in place in order to be able to um lead coach develop and manage remotely um especially for newer starters it's quite difficult i think we all, we, all, we often talk don't we and we have done on this podcast and we hear it on a lot of other podcasts about how tough it's been for salespeople in you know these last 12 months but we don't talk about which you know, one of the reasons i'm pleased about this podcast today is how hard it's actually been for sales leaders as well it's been just as hard because you've had to manage not just um, people that have had a really great year last year and then they've come into this year and it's been much, much harder. So you've got to manage that whole piece around that and some entitlement wrapped around it too with certain individuals. But um, you know, you've also got the external pressures too, you know, cost of living, people struggling a little bit more, not quite getting what they have out of the job. So it's not just been about coaching managing leading people it's actually been counseling supporting them outside of work from an emotional perspective as well which people will say is a given in sales leadership but i think it's been more amplified certainly this yeah. year in my experience and i'm sure a lot of other sales yeah. leaders out there Are your guys think, think a, you guys yeah, think, about I think that yeah i think that's a really really good point mike i feel like you know even the you know the sales leaders and managers that i've been speaking to now it's about being more than you know just your manager within those typical parameters of you know your job right you're having to probably look to you know go in and you know be that supportive you know call it a coach or you know some parental kind of figure where you're having to have some difficult conversations with people that you know um just due to you know due to times that we're in and i think that probably takes us into you know some of the traits that we're probably looking to yeah. to speak about i think you know matt probably tough tough tell it to you there um, in terms of you know your thoughts on this I'm really interested to find out what you think would be you know what some of those traits and what you think would be you know what have you seen as, as, as a modern sales leader yeah and, and and I I was I was I was 
observing there, but all three of us smirked when Mike said the word um, counsellor, you know? You know, my mum's a counsellor, and I think, well, she's a trained counsellor. She, she, she was paid to do it for 30 years, you know? And, and we, we all smirked because, you know, we kind of know it's true, but it's kind of a, a bit outside of our job description. And, and I think you're, you're right, Mike, and it, it's a really interesting subject because it's it's a fine balance because you know one of the things I know that we've all spoken about before is is the importance of empathy as a yeah. sales leader you know yeah. you're, you're dealing with a very diverse set of personalities that get into sales these days you know those old school mantras are so out of date now that everybody are these kind of big bravado characters People just who don't respond, respond to that type of approach do they they just they don't, don't. They, so, they, so, they, they move away from it um, yeah and 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 as a result, empathising with the, the differences of your people in your team is, is absolutely uh, vital. And as a leader, you want to know the intrinsic motivators of your yeah. sales team. You know, this is that's a subject on this podcast from about a year or so ago that I was fascinated by. But just hearing people talk about their own intrinsic motivators and, and, and you want to know those. you've got to know those as a sales leader because you, you play to those. So you're getting very close to the personal as a sales leader. But there is a line and it isn't your job to be a counsellor. And actually, you're doing a disservice to the individual if you overstep the mark and you spend too long managing the the emotions that are linked back to those challenges that people are facing. You know, people are hard up. You know, they're not earning the commission checks they were previously. Um, maybe they're struggling at home. Maybe they've got families that, you know, aren't, aren't, aren't you know, being funded in the same way by the salesperson's overperformance. Um, they're going to be stressed. And then that plays into to the challenges that, that we all face in work. You know, we're all under pressure sometimes. Yeah. And for some personalities that can turn into mental health challenges. Um, so as a good sales leader, you've got to you've got to get close to that line, but you've got to not overstep it because it's not your job to counsel these people. Um, and it, it's very easy to end up over the line, I think. Matt, just on that, it's a really, really good point that you've raised, I suppose. And I'm thinking about maybe our audience and if you've got maybe like a you know example they could probably think of, you know, that's probably occurred with yourself and within your role over the past year that you think would be you know a, a great one to potentially share on the back because you've said some really really good stuff there as to yeah, maybe a, a, a difficult conversation or two that you've probably had to have i think it may even be, be best to kind of look outward for me and say well what are, what are the things that sales leaders have confided in um with me about you know and and you know, maybe I'm maybe maybe I'm kind of branding myself as a counselor here again. But the good thing about doing what we do, selling to salespeople, yeah. is you're sharing in a lot of the same challenges. So um, I, I think one of the um, one of the big things that we um, we come up against, and this isn't this isn't specifically one, but it's a conversation I've had a couple of times, is about those those individuals who got into maybe something like an SDR role, so sales development representatives role. And there's a, a, a huge cohort of people who got recruited and they got recruited, I don't know, let's say late 2021, maybe 2022. And then I've had stints and they might've joined organizations where they weren't given the, um, the room to get up to speed they weren't um, in, a, in a in a kind of booming market whereby they could they could overperform, and you've got young people here. You've got people who are right at the start of their career, learning how to do the craft of sales. And you know, a couple of sales leaders have both had the exact same conversation with me around. You know, these are people that we think are capable of doing the profession of sales, but they're doing it in a really really challenging time. 
And we've got a lot of them that are coming to us and saying, do you think I'm cut out for this? You know, do you think that this is is something that I can persist with? And one of those really, really big challenges that people are coming up against now is those early stage hires. You know, they want to become successful. They want to see what people, they hear about all the great numbers that people have been doing within an organisation. But how do you as a leader um, actually help those people to understand that it's a, it's a patience game? Your sales is a patience game. And you're going to do it in down markets and actually your skill set will improve in a down market um, or it should do anyway with the, with the right coaching and development. And I think that was the, that was the thing that I came back to when I gave my viewpoint to, to these people was if you if you trust in the personalities that you hired, um, if they're if they're having challenges with whether or not the profession is going to be something that they can actually make a success of, you know, your job as an individual is to continually remind them that it is a patience game. Um, and if you continue with the right behaviours for, for long enough, then you will see results eventually. I think that's where the empathy piece is key there, because you're mm. talking there about a sales, a sales professional there and a, a specific type of sales professional who probably hasn't got that much, if any, experience yeah. in selling. Um, might be more of a junior stage of the career as well because of that. So then possibly a little bit more emotional as a person, a little bit more reactive because they're not as long in the tooth. They haven't just haven't got the experience to know it comes, you know, it ebbs and flows sometimes, doesn't it? In recruitment, yeah. in other forms of sales. So as the leader there, I've been able to demonstrate a degree of emotional intelligence, lead with empathy, show a genuine interest in that person's development. You've got their back type of approach is really important, isn't it? And I think that's where like the empathy piece comes in helping get the most out of someone because they can feel that you know you you've, you're just sincere in what you're saying that you've got yeah. the part that you that everything you do is for you know their 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 benefit yeah, then you're gonna yeah you're gonna build a stronger level of um relationship with them because of that then they're gonna trust you more and hopefully they'll perform to a to a higher level that all starts from leading with empathy i yeah. think opposed to not doing that and it's a case of well you know being fairly black and white with someone well you yeah you, you should be doing better you're not quite where you need to be and that just has the opposite effect but there are sales leaders out there like that we hear all the time in the candidates that you know we'll we'll interview you'll speak to that you'll be talking to about vacancies that you send an amount to and generally they're not that unhappy with the business that they work for yeah. unless the products are just really really poor and there's a problem, but generally they're looking to leave a culture, an environment, yeah. they're looking to leave a, a leadership style, I would yeah. say, yeah. Um, rather than a business itself. Yeah, that's yeah. such a great point, Mike. And when I think about some of the conversations that I have with, you know, candidates, I think the very first question that I get asked, you know, pretty much nine times out of ten is, what's this manager like? What's their managerial style? You know, how do they provide feedback? And, you know, nine times out of ten, you know, people tend to want to leave that when they look at you know their yeah. reasons for actually looking to leave a role it's usually you know back down to you know the person that they're reporting into the relationships the typical conversations that they're having um, on a daily basis and if it's in an environment where you know they aren't happy with it you know it's all about what gets the best of each individual and if that isn't aligned you know more often nine times out of ten you know these are the people that are you know looking to embark and, and try and find a new challenge within a different organization yeah and 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 absolutely same true for sales leaders as well yeah. you know it's the two big things that i get asked straight away every sales leader yeah. 
you know, they want the numbers to be right, of course. OK, but largely speaking, if the numbers are right, then the, the, the two things that, that you're being asked is what's the opportunity here? And, and, and every sales leader, every good sales leader asks that question. What's the opportunity here? Um, you know, i.e., what do they actually want somebody to achieve? How much freedom is there going to be yeah. given? You know, um, what are they expecting us to try and do? How well is this product selling versus what the customers are actually saying about it? Is it yeah. is it great, but it's not being sold in the right way? Well, that's an amazing opportunity for a sales leader to go into. So that's number one that you always could ask. What is the opportunity here for me? And then another one is the leaders themselves. What are they like? Mm. Are they realistic? Have they done this previously? Yeah. Are they fair? Are they going to give me a run at this? Are they going to let me own the decisions or are they going to be the ones making the decisions that I just have to implement here? Yeah. And and actually, it's very, very similar to the conversation you just had there, Sam, about, about, about what the reps are asking for. You know, they just want that environment that, okay, as a leader, they can shape more, but ultimately it's still a cultural point. Matt, on um, the trait of a sales, a trait that a sales leader um, should be able to hire effectively, what what are your thoughts on that as a key trait of what you no know, a modern sales leader should have in terms of ability to hire sales uh, the right type of sales people do it in a strategic manner manner what are your thoughts on that yeah it's so many of these things that we we talk about come back to that I think um, and um, we all have seen companies waste time and and ultimately money on on getting their hiring processes wrong you know there's a, a company that we talk to and have um you know periodically done done a bit of work within the in the event space who hired 25 reps into a 100 person sales team that we deal with last year and less than 50 percent of them are at the stage that they should be one yeah. year in to their journey right um significant, now yeah yeah it, it is and you know the discussions that we were in with them were were we've hired the wrong people you know maybe we were using the wrong methods to recruit the people for me it's further back up the funnel yeah it's what are you actually identifying as the traits and skills so it's not ignore skills clearly if we're hiring experienced people but the traits and skills that you absolutely have to have you know and then let's build a list of those that are common across all of our all of our good and excellent performers don't just build your hiring strategy around your excellent performers you build it around your good and excellent performers clearly mm. not your poor performers but what are those things that are common across all of those and then don't go out to market and say that we need people who have all of those you hire people who tick as many of those traits mm. as you can yeah and that fuels stage one okay we've got a role we're expanding we want to grow excellent position to be in that's part one part two is what are the existing traits and skills that our good and best performers all show and let's build a job spec around that so i i think i think i think coming back to the hiring pieces is absolutely vital because if you can identify those and just focus on looking for those and then be open-minded outside of that you will solve so many of your hiring challenges and, and, do you, and the, the do trick you think, is go on sorry do you think there's merit then in um your top modern sales leader always um engaging with the market like we'll speak to what I mean by that is we'll speak to sales leaders, Sam will, I will, you will. I'm sure he'll say, 
Yeah, I know most people in the market. We're always talking to them, keeping them warm. Is that a good thing? Sales leaders to 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 be doing like the top ones or? Yeah, I um, it takes time. You've got to want to do that because yeah. there's 101 things you could be doing instead of that. Definitely. I agree. Yeah. Um, but I would say you 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 know your hiring strategy is is at the is at the heart of what you you've got to do as a sales leader. You know, it takes doesn't take a genius to draw the analogy with sports there. But you know, any good sales team, the manager wants to get the people that play their style of football, respond to their kind of man management, fit their culture, and all of those things are true of a, a sales team as well. So you all, and, and if you want to be able to activate and hit those hit those kind of markers when you actually need to hire, okay, great, you can come to a company like BMS and say, I need your help. Mm. Or you can get an ad out on LinkedIn and hope that it hope that it works well for you. If you've got your own little pool of talent of people that you know already, you're gonna you're gonna save your time. There's a couple of sales managers I've met who do that. They always stay open to to meeting and having a chat with people. Mm-hmm. They're engaged digitally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those those people that are engaged digitally. Um, old colleague of mine runs a SaaS business now. Um, well, boss actually runs a SaaS business now, and they're so active on LinkedIn. You know, posting every day, but really valuable, rich sales related content him and the, him and this co-founder day in day out sharing things that are hyper relevant to their marketplace mm. um but they get they they've sh- and they've shared it it's a bit of a humble not so humble but it's a bit of a brag from them but they share some of the emails that they get from people saying hey i know you might not be hiring at the moment but i love what you share would love to have a chat with you if ever anything comes up um and it's it's a great tool to be able to have that so it, it's a requirement and an investment of time and you're probably going to have to drop something to be able to invest time in yeah, doing yeah. that but it is a, it's, a, it's a great one if you really care about your team it's a great thing to be doing spending yeah. your time doing yeah totally agree totally yeah. agree i'd like to talk about um the traits of being you know both process yeah and results driven yeah i think these are you know, these are key like. traits yeah. and they're too different yeah. but finding the right balance is crucial i think and if you look at everything we've got at our fingertips now all the technology all the data um got more data than we've ever had and we've got that at, at bms you know, you've got more information at your fingertips and it's been able to understand what to do with that and how they then form and i talk about it a lot in this podcast this podcast um success metrics that you need to be able to if you're hitting them then the byproduct of that is probably going to be good outcomes on successes so i'm keen to get both of both of your thoughts on that and how important these traits are in in the modern sales leader and what you think of them Sam, I mean, you 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 hard on the tools day in day out and and, and pulling some strong numbers in 2023 when a, a lot of people aren't. I mean, maybe, maybe you're yeah. the guy to start us off here. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great point, Mike. It's a really great question. I think ultimately, and I am mad on process. I think you know it's, it's drilled within myself, but also it's drilled within what we look to do. But without any process or any structure. There is no way to measure success, right? It's when we break yeah. down, obviously, our sales cycle or any person, and that could be within any role that you do. Um, it's important to have a process, really, so that you can always look back and look back to, obviously, when you're falling down or you look, you're looking for key behaviors, you're looking for trends and similarities over a period of time, right? So I think 
that piece is just so, so key for any sales leader. And that could be when you think about your recruitment process, I've speak, spoken about it from a, you know, from a day in day, um, from a tools perspective, but equally just having a process. And then on the other end of that is the results driven mind said we speak about having access to you know data um, within obviously our roles and having access to statistics and you know all those things all these kpis and measures are great but you know the top sales leaders the top sales managers it's all about you know having that hunger that aptitude to want to drive those results day in day out year in year out you know really looking to achieve consistent consistent repeatable you know so falling in love with the process um, and being really really driven to you know to, mm. to, to want to take you know the business forward every single year real you know be it a trade it's just real hunger and a real you know it's, it's a real something that's w- within people really i would say this might be a contentious point right yeah. but if you've got a, a sales leader that's purely results driven okay right they're the type of sales leader who will say, as long as a team are in target, yeah. don't care what they do. Don't care what's going on. Right? <clears throat> because the, they, they've set measurable goals and outcomes, and that's what they define success as. Yeah. The salespeople that work for that person will probably, Just, may, may enjoy it a bit more, yeah. may feel, um, get a bit more of an easy ride. Yeah. Right? The problem with, I think, purely results driven leadership is if you aren't measuring it and monitoring it how can you improve it so when the results stop and you've not been understanding what the process is to get to the results then it's impossible to know where you need to turn up the dial or where you need to change whereas with you know, the, the other side of it, really, really process-driven leadership can ear into the side of micromanagement because you're just constantly focused on the real intricacies where sales is more nuanced than that. You know, you could have someone who's doing 50 calls a day and, you know, getting 10, 12 really good conversations and someone who's doing 100 calls a day and getting three, four. So, you know, the, the, there's nuances around it. So I think you've got to find a balance somewhere in the middle but, you know, I firmly believe that if you do fall in love with the process, like you're saying, Sam, you know what your success yeah. metrics are. And as a sales leader, you've clearly identified what the process needs to look like to get the outcome that you, that the sales team needs to deliver. And managing across both of those, then that generally works better. I don't know what you guys, what, what you think, Matt, but yeah, just just my, my take on that. I've seen it and it's a slight, it's a slight thing that gets on my nerves when people say, oh, you know, it's um it, it, it yeah it, it it doesn't matter I don't care what the sales team are doing as long as they're performing that's not a recipe for long long term success yeah because you, yeah. you 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 just it just not in this environment now maybe 2020 21 22 like we were talking earlier you're flying with that attitude because it's all about the results because the results are just coming to you you don't have to work as hard. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of these a lot of these um, teams and sales leaders struggled because yeah. they're just too focused on the results rather than the actual process to get the results. Yeah, and I um, there's so much so much to dive into off the back of that that was interesting. I mean, um, firstly, Sam, I mean you 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 sound like a dream to manage. 
So that... <laughs> <laughs> no, no comment. <laughs> but 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 I know I'm, I know we're joshing, but 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 yeah. it's kind of true, right? Like if you've got a rep who loves their numbers, you know, is powered by the numbers. I can think of a couple of people who I work extremely closely with that are exactly like that. And one of them said to me in the interview. Um, I showed them our performance tracker. We got into a conversation. I just thought, oh, this would be useful to show you it. And he goes, this is this is a bit of me. I love this kind of stuff. And I was like, right, well, you're you're probably going to get an offer. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Because it's great. Now, not everybody's like that. Okay, by the way. And, and by the way, you can still hire people that aren't intrinsically or, or naturally like that. Yeah. And you can guide them to want to get that. I put myself in that category. I was terrible with that sort of stuff originally. And I was someone can't you? Yeah. And I was a bit of a leave me to it. And I'll just I'll just get there eventually. And lo and behold, occasionally I didn't, occasionally I didn't. And and that's the challenge, really. Whereas if you can get people to a point of wanting that data, um, and then understanding it and then understanding how that plays into the processes that you enact every single day. Yeah. that's that that's where you get people that's where you get that repeatable performance yeah. um and uh, and as a leader you know your, your your md your commercial director your board whoever's on your back asking you for it aren't interested in your good months or your bad months they're they're, they're interested in your consistently effective months where you're at your number and most importantly you can prove you're going to do it again yeah agreed Agreed. I mean, not to do down results driven at all. Results driven is a is a is a great place to be, but it's on the balance. I think with process driven and results driven, like you said, Matt, perfectly helping people understand the processes that go into getting the outcome, but then celebrating that outcome, but then thinking, right, how can we improve that by one percent? Talk about one percent all the time, don't we? Improving by one percent, one percent, one percent. What else can we do to improve that result further? By them re-looking at the process, where can we change? Where can the where can we up the ante? But you, you know, you, you don't always see this. And in, in sales leaders, I was at a meeting um, with a colleague a couple of weeks back, and we were um, talking with a business who were having problems with their the sales team. They had the issue with attrition, but they also had an issue with um, the amount of business in, in the pipeline, and that they get to the end of the month and. There wasn't a real urgency from the prospects to sign contracts. That's because the service they were selling was free at the front end of it. So for the prospect, they were like, well, it's free anyway, to an extent. Um, so their issue was that when we asked them the question, so what sort of outcomes are you looking for? Well, we're looking for contracts signed. signed. What do you need to get to that, though? Well, we need activity. How much activity? We're not really sure. Now, this is a 50 million turnover company. You would all know their name as well, if I if I, if I said it, and I won't. But it was quite, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm sat in front of a sales director. I'm sure that person's very good in other areas, but there was, they, they didn't know what the formula for success was because they were focused only on the results. It was only on the contract signed. But there wasn't a focus on what do we need to do to get there. So I'd seen it play out first firsthand, and that was yeah. really holding the team back from getting to the number. Also creating an environment of where people were bought into the you know the mission and what they needed to do daily to get that end result. And it was performance, which had a knock-on effect on people leaving because they weren't happy, and it was all down to this lack of. Um, lack of focus on you know what needs what needed to go in top of the funnel to get 
out of the, at the bottom of the funnel. Yeah, yeah. that's a great and, point. Uh, sorry, Matt, and I just I, I wanted to ask you guys a question. Oh, I'm probably going to bring it back to the candidate piece a bit, but um, I don't know how often you guys tend to hear people are like, well, I don't want to be just a number. You know, I feel like I'm just a number in this business. Mm -hmm. You know, I've <clears throat> such a, a common trend and we speak about that results driven piece that we're speaking about now is, you know, no sales leader equally no rep wants to feel like that. And it mm. all comes down to if, if the process, the end goal and the message isn't aligned throughout and someone's just feeling like, oh, we've just had a good year, it doesn't matter. Equally, you know, no rep or equally no um, no business leader wants to feel like that. I was actually speaking to a business unit head for, you know, quite a large medical uh, device company. If I mentioned the name, you know, you guys will know them too. But, you know, they've come in and they've done a, you know, they've been asked to come into the business and do a really great role, you know, be able to you know, double revenue over the period of sort of five years, create a business plan and have done all of that. But there's been, you know, significant red tape and challenges from shareholders above and you know ultimately all people have cared about is you know the, the, the number but you know they've been asked to also did they have the, the flexibility to change the culture and the process within the team so how can you do that when these things aren't aligning and you know I, i'm very big on you know process and results driven mike mm. and, and matt and just on the back of the stuff that you guys have said um i think it's a it's a, it's a really really good trait to you know to, to, to hone in on because it has yeah. to be that balance it can't just be you know, we've done it and there's no way to look back at how it's done. Everything has to be, you know, aligned, in my opinion, for sure. Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. And I, um, I, sorry, Mike, to cut you off. No, but I just wanted yeah. to br briefly say that yeah, it'd be remiss of us to not look at the role of, of, of tech within a sales yeah. organization these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it's, it's, a it's a really interesting one. Again, it's almost one of those divisive ones whereby there's always there's always a new sales enablement tech out there. Yeah. There's always something yeah, hot that's yeah, on yeah. the market yeah. that's going to drive X customer retention or it's going to make your salesperson Y more effective in their operation. And um, you need you need a sales tech stack that works for your reps to make them yeah. work in 2023 um it, it's absolutely the case um and and we could do a podcast series probably on sales yeah. enablement text that drive impact but the, the the thing i think is really important linked to that conversation and it was sam your words there about reps you know not feeling like a number is you've got to use those tools effectively and that's a statement of the bleeding often obvious but it's it's such a common uh piece of feedback that we get from reps they say we just, we've got so many tools that we need to use. We get an onboarding session with a customer success manager from the company. My manager doesn't typically know how it works that well. And yeah. we're just putting data into it for the sake of it. And nothing makes a salesperson more frustrated because as a general rule, a lot of us aren't very motivated to want to spend our whole day updating the system. We want to be talking to customers. We want to be affecting decision-making. We want to be driving processes forward and we want to be closing contracts. Yeah. But it is so common for teams to get, to sales leaders to get wooed by the idea of the, 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 the bright, shiny tool that's going to drive effectiveness in your sales team. And it's great, you can get into those and you should be buying those and you should be investing in that toolkit for your business, but get a system that works and make sure your team know why they are being asked to use it um because yeah. otherwise you're just going to drive frustration in your team yeah we we, we did a whole po podcast on 
growth mindset, but just to sneak it into this this conversation here. So you'll get the, the sales leaders that'll get the tech stack like that and they'll be approaching it with a growth mindset and thinking, right, how can I really get to understand this to help my team achieve maximum results and efficiency? And you get other sales leaders that will say, great, so way off my shoulders. That's great. <laughs> That's going to make them more efficient, book more meetings, close more sales because we've got this great, great, great cool. piece of tech here. And um, Matt, so just on that point now, because I think kind of where we're going with that is yes, being being um, been great with with tech, what's innovation, isn't it? Um, this might be quite a good point to, to to finish on because I certainly think it's something that the outstanding sales leaders have got over um, the average sales leaders in the sense that always thinking, right, what do we need to do differently in terms of our approach to get more out the market? How can we change um, the, the access to um, sales uh, supporting documents, um, enablement tools, whatever it might be? What can I do effectively to help my sales team? How can I innovate? Like, what's your thoughts on that as a, as a key yeah. trait that a modern sales leader needs to have? And it's it's a super tempting um, mindset at the moment. You know, 2023 has been a, a tough year for a lot of sales reps, like, like we've referenced a couple of times here. Salesforce survey uh, run in September this year said that of the companies they petitioned, 29% of reps were going to hit quota yeah. in 2023. Oh. Um, you know, typically a business, wow. depending upon your sector, might say right well we you know we factor our business around 70 percent of people hitting their number maybe 50 at a bottom end 50 to 70 percent of people hitting their number and then maybe 20 to 30 that will do circa 75 percent of their number and then you've got your leftover percentage of people that you either move on to performance improvement or you move out of the business so we're a huge discrepancy between what we'd normally expect and, and, and what, what this survey suggests we've got this year. And, and this is what I mean when I say that um, the, the temptation is to, to dive in and try new things. And you've, you, you, you've got to innovate. You know, if you've got an underperforming team, something needs to change. For me, I think the broad point actually links back to the subject that we that we briefly already discussed, which was you've got to look at the processes that your team are following before you look at a tool that can improve yeah. that part of the process. Yeah. And actually, you're, I look at it a bit like golf lessons. Oh, here we go. Right. Golf club marketing is, um, it is crazy and the price of some of these bits of kit is outrageous okay but the industry is amazing and they've done an amazing job of convincing everybody that the thing that they need to do to improve their scores and to win competitions is to buy a new driver or is to buy a new putter when in reality the best thing a, a, a fledgling golfer or a, a high quality golfer can do is look at what you're doing are your drives going more right or are they going more left? Are your putts coming up short or are they going long? And then look at affecting that process first with lessons. Okay. But in the context of a sales leader with coaching, with training, with advice yeah, yeah. around performance processes and the things that you're doing every single day. And then once you've done that, look at a driver that's going to actually give you 10 yards further off the tee or in sales, look at a sales 
enablement tool like a video platform that will drive extra on top of that. Yeah. So you've got to go back to the processes first before you start looking at buying the sexy bits of kit. Um, otherwise, you're going to waste your company's money. That sounds so obvious. When you, like, like Matt, it's, we've, got to, we've got to understand our process as to why we are where we are, yeah. how we are getting to where we are, where do we want to go, or do we implement a process that will take us there? You know, so if you've got any drivers uh, you know i'm always down for a new driver man you know? yeah it's a it's a it's a funny one it's a funny one but it's but it's definitely true but uh, there's a lot of sales sales leaders that love golf you know uh, yeah. most of the most of the cars in my local golf club are all what look like company edition bmw three series typically so uh most of the time it's sales reps and sales managers playing golf <laughs> well anything um you'd like to get across that we haven't discussed uh, before we finish i mean i think we've hit on some Really, really good um, trait-saving key points. It's probably a podcast that we could talk all day on if we wanted to. Um, but yeah, anything, anything else from you before we wrap it up? Yeah, I, I, I think we've, I think we've spoken about so many really interesting subjects. Um, I think I, for me, I'd, I'm probably more interested to reflect on on what I thought was the the most interesting part of our discussion, and I, I think the 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 trait of humility um, as a as a leader, um, and 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 the different reasons that's important, whether it be hiring, whether it be onboarding effectively, whether it be around coaching, underperformance, but coaching over performance as well. Yeah. Even if we look at how you deal with your leaders that you're reporting into, you know the people that are putting pressure on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. It's nothing new. This has been a trait that would have served excellent sales leaders for tens of years. Um, but for me, that that's that's the one that drives almost everything else. Um, and the ability to be able to be um, selfless with it, be honest with it, um, be humble with your your successes with it as well. I think if you can prioritize that, that's gonna that's gonna pay dividends more than anything else. Yeah, that's a great way to finish. Yeah, I would say. Around. Yeah, really appreciate you coming on, Matt. Great conversation. No, thanks, lads. Yeah, it's been it. great, great, great to spend some time with you and uh, yeah, cracking, cracking, cracking little subject to chat about. Definitely. Hundred yeah. percent. Okay, well, thank you everyone for listening and tuning in, and uh, we'll be back with another episode next week. Thank you very much. Cheers, everyone. Bye. Cheers, guys. Bye. So that wraps up another episode of the Recruitment Roundup podcast. Thank you very much for listening to the show, to watching the show. Um, we really appreciate your support. It would be absolutely fantastic um, if you could give us a rating on Apple, on Spotify, give us a review. Um, any feedback really, really helps and is massively appreciated. So thank you once again for joining us and we will hopefully see you again next week.